The relationship between fighters and the UFC is one that doesn't necessarily require any sort of loyalty beyond what is contractually obligated, of course. Because, after all, fighters are technically independent contractors. But that doesn't mean they can't be loyal, and oftentimes that loyalty is rewarded. The 10 fighters on today's list have all risen to positions within the sport where they could have very well likely vocalized any issues with the UFC without facing too much in the way of repercussions, but regularly choose to side with or represent the promotion when such topics are brought up. I'm not trying to bash them. In most cases, I think they do feel how they feel, truly. So this isn't some kind of hit piece, just an observation. Everybody be cool. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A massive thank you to our channel Hall of Famers. And these are the 10 most loyal UFC company men. Number 10, Donald Cerrone. One of the most shocking things about the time that Bjorn Rebney decided to try and make a fighter's union for about 15 seconds was seeing Donald Cerrone pop up as one of the founding members. And that is because he's always seemed like such a loyalist to the UFC and Dana White, always willing at the drop of a hat to fill in and fight as needed. The ideal fighter for the promotion, someone who took anything and everything and never threw a fit about it. And he was rewarded, in part because of how exciting and popular he was, with big-time fights like Connor's return as well as a position in the UFC Hall of Fame that some have felt is a bit unwarranted on the merits alone, but that's a debate for another video. But while he seemed very much on the side of the fighters that day he did press for the MMAAAAAAA or whatever it was called, you would never hear a peep out of the cowboy these days about anything negative related to the UFC, and he actually apologized to Dana for that. So whether he truly feels differently or not, which I'm sure a handful of fighters on here do, with the exception of trying to get a more even piece of the pie that one time, Cowboy is a company man through and through. Just look at his more recent comments on fighter pay. You hear everyone talking about pay. You just fought on a regional show for $2,000. Fucking earn your keep. Let's be here. Let everybody know you fucking belong here. And then the next contract's show that, right? Number 9. Michael Chandler He's the face of active fighters being UFC company men, right? It's why he's probably on the thumbnail for this video. There's a reason Chandler is regularly accused of having Dana White privilege. Yeah, I am Dana's favorite fighter. And a large part of that is precisely because he is the perfect soldier, the ideal not-so-independent contractor for the UFC. The guy does and says exactly what the promotion would want to see and hear the vast majority of the time. Which isn't to say that he's some sort of suck-up or sellout. I do think in this instance, Iron Mike is a true believer. The guy really does love the promotion and really does align with them on most things. And he wants to be a company guy. He was at Bellator as well. He was the face of that promotion truly, and he has positioned himself that way in the UFC in a relatively short amount of time. He just knows exactly what to say and exactly what to do to get on the right side of the promotion. Chandler is the type of guy that even though his tenure will likely not be too long considering how late into his active career he joined the UFC, he will end up in a position like a Matt Serra or Forrest Griffin, where he represents the promotion in some way long after his fighting days are over. Number 8. Conor McGregor Now, here's the thing about Conor. He is virtually untouchable, right? He could do and say anything, and the UFC would just have to grin and nod, because what are they going to do? They pretty much have no leverage over that guy, and he has been vocal about his own needs, or on any issues that might align with his needs. That said, though, so long as his personal situation is being taken care of, you will never hear McGregor say a bad word about the UFC outside of that. In fact, just a few years ago, White had this to say about him. Connor's a fucking handful, boy, you know, but there's been a lot of fighters that, that have been incredibly loyal to me and I've been incredibly loyal to them. Connor McGregor's one of them. 
on numerous occasions, despite his status in the sport and the ability to do literally anything he wants without consequence, he has said that he'll be fighting for the UFC for the rest of his life. He would never go anywhere or do anything that would hurt the brand. Connor sees himself as a partner with the UFC, and in many respects that is true, and as such it would just be bad business for McGregor to go against the promotion that helped him gain so much fame and fortune. There was a time that Connor could have, if he wanted, taken the relationship between the fighters and the UFC in any direction he wanted, but given his loyalties to them and his focus on himself, there was hardly ever any chance of him rocking the boat beyond his own needs. Number 7. Forrest Griffin There are very few fighters that have ever been better to the UFC than Forrest Griffin. I mean, the man did save the promotion with that tough finale, but truly he's so closely associated with the brand that it's hard to distinguish between the two. Throughout his career, whether it was appearing on the cover of the first Undisputed game, or being touted as the brand ambassador even when he wasn't fighting, a job he very much continues to do to this day, Griffin and the UFC brand are synonymous and never in any negative way. Dana White can be very loyal to fighters he feels were important to the brand, and the many opportunities that Griffin has been given since the end of his fighting career are a testament to that. While Liddell and Hughes lost their retirement package jobs, Forrest has remained with the promotion all along, now serving in the capacity of VP of Athletic Development at the Performance Center, a job he regularly speaks about on podcasts and in interviews. So I kind of manage the athlete experience and the, the athlete intake and out to outflow, etc. right? Yeah. The UFC made sure to take care of the guy who was so crucial to the promotion surviving to profitability, and in return he shows that loyalty right back and has been an asset to the UFC now long after his MMA career. Number 6. Michael Bisbean There are so many topics that Michael Bisbean rails on about regularly, and I don't get the sense that he's holding back when he doesn't have anything bad to say about the UFC, simply because he works for them as a commentator, which understandably puts him in a tougher position than most. But nonetheless, there's not speaking negatively about the promotion, and then there's going out of your way to speak positively on it. Certainly during his career, he was a UFC guy through and through, from tough all the way to taking his last fight on short notice in China to save a card for the promotion. You could argue that the reason he was given so much in his late career after he secured the middleweight title is precisely because he had been so long a UFC guy. Mike would work the desk for the promotion very successfully on shows like UFC Tonight, hey, I was on that, and the pre and post fight shows before getting one of those coveted commentary spots. Which isn't to say he got it for his loyalty, I think he's genuinely great at it, but it's certainly doesn't hurt that he seems to side with the promotion on most things on his popular podcast. And it sounds like we're being company men, yeah, just, yeah, which we're not. Just... Sometimes by omission, as he rarely addresses anything that is considered negative about the UFC, unless it's to hop in and have a position defending them. Number 5. Matt Sarah. I'm pretty sure that Matt Sarah is one of Dana White's best friends, which certainly puts him firmly in a position to be a company man, kind of by default. You're not going to shit all over your best buddy's business. What's unique about Sarah is that he is also, of course, in a major coaching spot in the sport, with guys who regularly take issue with the UFC related to business. Now, Matt, I have have no doubt would take the fighter's side in any dispute with the UFC. He doesn't seem particularly active in those matters. You don't hear him calling Dana out when he says things about Aljo and Marab not fighting each other. But of course, where Matt most regularly shows his company man status is on his UFC-funded podcast, hilariously titled UFC Unfiltered. The show discusses the matters of the day through a UFC lens and does interviews with friends of the promotion alongside co-host Jim Norton. Given his status as best bud to Dana White and the fact that he's been very successful both 
inside and outside the promotion. The usually vocal Sarah could surely raise a bit more about any issue that might arise related to the UFC with little consequence, but don't hold your breath on that. Number 4. Chael Sonnen I remember there was a time when people were talking about how they felt Chael was going to be Dana White's successor one day. This was mostly during his time on Fox, and I think what makes Chael very unique on this list is that he absolutely in no way needs to be loyal to the UFC. He could easily make a living still from the outside looking in, being critical of the promotion, but he chooses not to. Which is unique because his initial working relationship with them didn't exactly end well. Fired from Fox, essentially forced into temporary retirement because of his PED fails. If there was anybody that could have very easily made a good buck when they were at Bellator shitting all over Dana White and the UFC with the microphone skills that Chael has, it would have been the American gangster, but he never did. Now he's back in their good graces, all that feels like ancient history. He works for ESPN covering the UFC, and of course he has his YouTube channel, where he very regularly and vocally takes the UFC's side on most issues, like the antitrust suit and the Francis Ngannou situation. Which isn't to say he's loyal just to be loyal, but I do think his values line up with the company, which is why you're not going to hear him say much bad about them, and he will go out of his way to defend the UFC. Number 3. Daniel Cormier Of every single fighter on this list, DC seems to get the most flack for being a company man, which is interesting. Like Bisping, he's of course a commentator for the promotion, but he's also very much in a position that he could say things that rock the boat and very likely be unaffected by it. Not to mention he has so many opportunities to speak on matters. DC is everywhere. He had his show with UFC enemy Ariel Hawani, that is now the DC and RC show. And while his main role is commentator, like Mikey was on UFC Tonight and still regularly participates in pre and post shows for the UFC, he also has his own YouTube channel. The man is keeping busy, but in all his roles, you will generally hear him taking the side of the promotion in ways that for some reason so much more than most others seems to rub those who oppose the UFC the wrong way. Perhaps because they feel like DC could have more to say and does seem like a leader type figure who could make an impact, but has chosen the company man life. When maybe deep down he doesn't always agree with the UFC, but you certainly won't hear that coming from the former double champ. Number 2. Matt Hughes I'm going to say something that will probably get taken out of context in the future, but Matt Hughes was the Michael Jordan of the UFC in his prime. There was never as dominant a force as Hughes when he was regularly defending the welterweight title, and you really got the sense that the UFC revered him in that Michael Jordan way, that they felt he was a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And so, of course, he was treated great by the promotion, and in turn, has always treated them great back. Hughes is a very old-school country boy type anyway, so I doubt he'd have ever spoken out against his employer publicly anyway, but nonetheless, his loyalty paid off in the form of a desk job after he retired, doing whatever the hell it is that a vice president of athletic development and government regulations does. Seemed mostly like he just sat cage side for a whole bunch of events and was loving his life. The job would last until WME bought the UFC from Zufa and got rid of the pretend position. Then, unfortunately, he would end up severely injured shortly thereafter. But during his prime, during his post-fight career as a promotional ambassador of sorts, and even now to this day, Matthews will always portray the UFC in the best possible light and never had a bad word to say about them. Number 1. Chuck Liddell He is the son that Tito never was to Dana. Chuck Liddell and DFW go way back to before the Fertitas even bought the UFC when Dana served as the Iceman's manager. Best friends to the end. You can tell how much White cared just by how he talked about Chuck in his late career. He was very concerned about Liddell's health. Which isn't to say that Dana doesn't care about other fighters, but it's of course different when it's your best bud. Dana talks about it too. It's funny. It's, yeah, I think Dana says he made me retire. But we had a meeting and, he, and in all intents, he did intend on telling me he was going to let me go. The UFC really softened the blow of retirement by giving Liddell a severance package in the form of a cushy position just like 
Mike Hughes, officially titled the Vice President of Business Development. I would like to think for his tenure that Chuck just sat there in his office once a week playing Pac-Man on a PC that only had Pac-Man installed on it. But truly, what he was was a brand ambassador, and that was something that Chuck did very well. He was almost the de facto UFC mascot. And while his job would be taken from him when the UFC changed ownership, you've still never heard a bad word from Chuck, even when he had every opportunity when he made his comeback against Tito Ortiz, fighting for Oscar De La Hoya, who hates Dana White. Oscar and Tito had no problem shitting on the UFC and White in the lead up to that fight, but not loyal friend Chuck, even if he was rumored to be a little sour about getting canned from his office job. If Chuck Liddell has ever said a bad word about the UFC, I have not come across it. You know who else has the loyalty of a German Shepherd? The editor of this video, Max Randall. The man just gets work done and he does an incredible job. Please follow him on all his socials and go check out his YouTube channel. A massive thank you to our channel champions. You guys make doing this so much easier and so much better. If you would like to join them in championing the channel, hit that join button down there or like and subscribe. That would be super awesome as well. Who is the biggest UFC company man in your eyes? Let us know down in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Have yourself a wonderful day.